They're back on the Football Outside the Box podcast, where we discuss the past, the present, and the future of football. Theo, I was expecting more from your side in this one. Man City put the sword to Liverpool early morning on Saturday. A 4-1 victory after having gone down. 1-0 early on thanks to a Salah. Nice finish. Pretty pretty Salah-esque, I would say. But yo, I wanted to ask you about a player. A player who has been questioned thanks to his hefty price tag when he first arrived from Aston Villa. Jack Grealish, goal and an assist in this one. But crucially, when the score was 1-0 or 1-0, I think it was 1-0. It was 1-0. He just made this absolutely crucial tackle at the end. Do you think Jack Grealish is coming into his own at City? To a certain extent, yes, because we know... I mean, at Villa, everything went through him, right? But at City, it's not going to be that, right? Until maybe if if Kevin De Bruyne retires or leaves City. But by then, I mean, Jack Grealish is going to be, you know, 30-plus at that point as well. But yeah, I'll give him credit. He's been great since since the World Cup, since the turn of the year. And he showed it against Arsenal, and he showed it today against Liverpool at crucial games. So is he... Is the hundred million now becoming worth it, or still does he have more to prove? Or what are your thoughts on that? I mean, to be honest, he didn't set the price. You know, he didn't go to City and say, "Hey, give me a hundred million pounds, and I'll get out of Villa." He was not the one who set the price. So I, I, I just don't like this talk of, and even I'll say this for even the likes of, you know, Lukaku. I mean, of course, that's a failed signing, right? But the players themselves did not set the prices. And I hate this. I'm sorry, I know, I know you asked the question because you, you kind of have to, right? I mean, 100 million pounds, he's a record signing, but he doesn't have to prove anything. He didn't set the price. City paid for it. Jack, he's not at fault for City paying 100 million pounds for him. Yeah, that's that's a great point. You know, I mean, you can't fault him for having that price tag. He because, didn't set because, it, because, right? Yeah, because he's proven it, right? He's He's... he's, he's He's warranted that price because he's already proven it. I mean, you can look at it that way too, right? So, Right, that's true. And as we always mention, City players always take some time to adapt anyway. And it's only been one one full season. This is now going to be his second season. So, hey, I mean, maybe he's coming into his own right now. So, But on the Liverpool standpoint, boy, I was really hoping that they could do something here. But... Now they go on to face Arsenal next at home this time. They face Chelsea and then Arsenal. Yeah, but, that's true. The midweek. Yes. But, I mean, th- I mean, this is what I said about Liverpool, right? They just... I, I, didn't, I didn't think they were going to be able to offer anything. And if they were ever going to score a goal, it was going to be the type of goal they scored. You know, just a long ball. And Jota done very well to latch onto it and laid off perfectly for for any striker let alone the uh, the quality of Salah and and he dispatches it but I mean City I didn't think they were that great um I thought it was more down to Liverpool's I don't know what you thought of it but I don't know I thought it was more down to Liverpool's lackluster defending at best 
I mean, yeah. I mentioned it to somebody as well. Trent, cheese on peace. He is. I, just... I, I could dribble past him. You, you no, just, it's horrible. You just you just do a quick one two give and go, and he he he's, he's lost. He turns around, looks for you, and the guy's gone. It's mostly to me as well about his positioning. He's just lost, doesn't know where to be. The guy was so deep in that for the for the first goal first for Alvarez goal. Mm-hmm. Oh my days! And I was just thinking to myself, boy, Martinelli must be licking his lips for ne- for the weekend next weekend. Um, I mean, that is if Trent starts. I mean, he will. I mean, they don't have a, a right back. I mean, unless, I mean, unless Milner slots back in there. But but then still, I mean, Martinelli's still licking his lips if he's going up <laughs> against a thirty-seven-year-old Milner, right? So. Yeah, for real. But Trent, man, got to do better than that as a fullback. You can't be the last man, first of all, and you can't be that deep. It's just crazy. I love all the space. But anyway, the well, side that... Well, but before we move on, so here's the thing, right? There was all this talk of, you know, Steven Gerrard came up as... I'm pretty sure he was a right back. He, he started as a, as a right back, and then he moved into the center mid position, and he, of course, uh, went on to do great things. Is that possibly something we could see or we should probably see happen to, to Trent? Because, I mean, the guy's ability on the ball is great, right? He can pick out a pass. I mean, that ball, long ball over the top for the goal too. I mean, it was it was him, right? So he can obviously pick out those, those balls, those passes. Is it now time to look at that and maybe for Liverpool to buy a top-class right back to like, you know, to the level of Robertson on the other side? You know, I'm all for trying players trying new positions, especially if it suits their strengths and minimizes the exposure to their weaknesses. But we've seen Trent for England in that CM role, and he's just clearly not ready. It's different when you're playing those passes as a fullback when you're playing out wide, when you have the whole field to look at, you're, you're way out wide on the touchline, as opposed to being a central midfielder where... You kind of have to play on a swivel. You have to play 360 degrees, what's in front of you. You have to know what's behind you. Trent doesn't really have to worry about what's behind him playing at that right-back role, at least in possession of the ball when he's playing when he's playing, when he's playing in, in offense. But I don't think it's something that he can't groom into. I still think that there's time in his career for him to develop into this type of player, if he's under the right management, if he's in the right system, if he gets the right players around him for him to actually get the best out of him in that role. But as of right now, as a as an immediate solution, he's not ready for that. That's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I can I can agree to a certain extent, but at, at, what, at what point do you now say... I, I just the trade-off simply isn't worth it, right? So I think that is something that they've they've got to look at. And on top of that, I mean we look at their I mean, their defensive record is is okay, I think. I mean they've conceded quite a few goals, but now they're being linked with a certain English midfielder, right? Jude Bellingham at the price of 150 mil. I mean, Liverpool have never spent that much on a player, let alone in a, in a transfer window, I don't think. I mean, maybe that one time when they signed um, Allison, even then Van Dyke came in the winter, so I don't think it was all in the, in the one transfer window. 
if you are a Liverpool fan, and I know you aren't, that budget is going to be pretty much depleted after you go for. I mean, even if he does come, if like, I mean, it's it's a it's an open race, right? Would you want to go for him at that price, knowing that there are so many glaring holes in this team right now? I don't think they can. I just don't think they can they can take that risk on one player, especially with their injury record at the moment. One injury to Jude, that's it. It's <laughs> over. Yeah. So I don't think they can. I think they need to look at another foundational build, an institutional change. I think even Klopp's time might be coming to an end, for real. As in, as harsh as that is, and as great as he has done for the club, it's similar to that Wenger with Arsenal era. I mean, obviously, those are two drastically different moments. Wenger at the club for 20-odd years and Klopp there for nowhere near as long. Yeah, Yeah, seven years. It's just, it's similar in the sense of they have done extremely well for the club but there's come a point there's a wall now there's a wall that they've come to they've hit the pinnacle they need to refresh now it sounds harsh but I think it has to be done yeah I mean a lot of Liverpool fans won't agree with this but at a certain point you've you've got to prove that you can get over the hurdle right I mean of course I'm I'm a United fan so I'm going to bring up a certain manager but he's shown that from time to time that he, he can do that, right? Whereas maybe Wenger, he, he wasn't able to, to to that extent. I mean, and I know he was heavily restricted in terms of the funds and who he could bring in um, because you guys moved to to the Emirates. But, I mean, similar to Wenger, like you said, club hasn't proven that he can get over that hurdle to the next step. I mean, every single club he's been at, he's left when that first hurdle came, right? So, I mean, you might be right, but... I know that's a very unpopular opinion among Liverpool fans. And and to be honest, I don't think Klopp is the biggest problem with them right now. I mean, I think it's not a problem with Liverpool fans because it's nostalgia for them. It's all about how how they made him, how he made the fans feel. And I think that that's stuck with the fans right now, as opposed to what's truly happening in the now, which is he's not getting the best out of the players. He's not performing. That's simply it. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, we might see if if this drags on. I mean, the relationship between Arsenal fans and and the manager went sour, right? To put it nicely, and if this persists for another year or two, I, I think we could certainly see that. Right. Speaking of Arsenal, I don't think there's any sour feelings towards the manager right now. After another convincing four-one win against Leeds at the Emirates, another four goals. For Arsenal, but the catch another again, goal conceded can't keep that clean sheet at home. Why? Well, what is it? Because you're keeping clean sheets left, right, center, away from home. You know, I don't know. I was thinking about it, and I, I feel like it's just unlucky. It really is. As I know, I know, I know that's me. So, but look at them, they're all deflections, they're all like these, just like one split moments. It's never been like, oh, okay, wow, like. We got like 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 the Bournemouth one. That those matches I can come clean and say, all right, there was no that one was not unlucky. That one we deserve to concede those goals. But the recent ones against Crystal Palace, here against Leeds, those are big deflections. I mean, 
I, I see your point, but I don't think you can just put it as unlucky when this trend has been going on for weeks now. I mean, I, I knew you weren't going to keep a clean sheet for, for whatever form, however it may be. I just knew Leeds were at least going to score one. And it's great because you're scoring three, four goals every game. But, That's what I'm about to say. <laughs> well, but but then after a certain point, like you see with the Bournemouth game, you know, what happens if your team does come unstuck, right? I mean, you're you're never going to be at 100% throughout the whole season. There's always going to be, you know, one or two games where you, like you said, you get unlucky. When you hit the post twice, maybe, and just everything seems to be going anywhere except for, for the net. And, I mean, I think that could be a worry, perhaps, maybe, but because you can't always rely on scoring four goals. You know, you, you you can rely on keeping clean sheets, but you can't always rely on scoring that many goals. I hear you. I'm not relying to score four goals, but I don't think you can rely on clean sheets either. As you can see as well, as you said, we're keeping clean sheets away from home. So I don't I don't understand. I think, I don't know if it's just mental then or what, but to be honest, I'm not too concerned at the moment. I'm really not. We're sitting pretty at the top of the league. There it was as you said, we're scoring goals. I I know it's not gonna be perfect right now. There's going to be hiccups along the way. There's going to be moments for improvement for us, opportunities for us to get better. And this is one of those opportunities. What pleases me though is I clearly see the desire, particularly in Ramsdale, throughout the team to keep that a clean sheet. Yeah, because he's conceded, what, 65 goals at, at Sheffield and 70 at Bournemouth. Now, you know, he's, um. I mean, I, I think he's a, he's a good keeper. Um, But I just, you know, I, I just, I saw him at, at Bournemouth and I, I thought there's no chance there's um he could play or in a, in a title winning team. And I'll give him credit. And I'll, I was wrong on that. So I think we all were wrong on, on Ramsdale, to be honest, but but yeah, again, another signing that has just proven everybody wrong under Arteta. Wow. And speaking of a signing that has come in, I would say like a cheeky signing here. Leandro Trossard, that's his seventh assist in the Premier League for Arsenal so far. Wow. That's just incredible. Yeah. And that looks even better when you look at Mudrick's miss. And we'll talk, we'll touch on Chelsea later, but I mean... There's a part of me that thinks that had Mudrik come into Arsenal instead of Chelsea, I don't think he would have struggled this much. I mean, he'll be coming into a, a well-established team, a well-oiled, uh, everybody knows what they're doing compared to a Chelsea side that he's now come into where, like we said, nobody knows who's going to play, where, and, and we'll touch on this too, but he played up top, right? So it's just, I, I do feel for Mudrik, but... At the end of the day, Trossard has been uh, a clutch signing for Arsenal. Yeah, and his versatility, his footballing IQ, and his output at the moment is just absolutely brilliant. He, Him and Ben White too, another player that we got from Brighton have just been outstanding. Ben White, again, with another goal. He got his first one against against Bournemouth, Bournemouth. and now again. 
So, yo, big up Ben White. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this, but the guy was asked about the City game and he said, I, I don't watch football. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Guy, I definitely saw that. The guy doesn't like, the, he doesn't enjoy football. He's like, he's like us, we're doing our, our day jobs. Like, we're just there because we have to be. Like, <laughs> I've never, I'm, yeah, I've never seen that from a footballer. So, yeah, that's I mean, very interesting, actually. Yeah. But, Another Arsenal, well, because you know, as well, we obviously know Ben White used to play centre back for Arsenal. The one who's filling in that centre back right now for Arsenal is a player that I wanted to big up personally, Rob Holding. I meant to big him up last week, but yo, this this is exactly what we were expected and what we want from Holding. Just to come in, do a shift for like a few matches, and that's it. We don't want him starting for the whole season. You know, we have a few injuries come in and lock up, and he has not put a foot wrong. So, yo, big upholding for keeping his concentration throughout the whole season and the ability to step in at any moment to just lock it up. Big him up. Almost a greater comeback story than his hairline for holding. <laughs> yep, had to be, had to be. But, yo, moving on to the next one, the, the late kickoff on Saturday. We had Chelsea versus Aston Villa, and it was a good evening, as we expected, right? <laughs> Aston oh. Villa came out with a 2-0 victory. You know, he's actually stopped saying that now because so many people make fun of it. And, <laughs> I mean, we don't mean any, we don't mean any ill intent. Or, I mean, some, some fans do, but, I mean, it's just... It's just, I don't want to say funny, but it's it's just enjoyable. The the guy, is just, I mean, clearly he doesn't have the perfect English, but, you know, he always used to start interviews with that. And it was... Which is actually cool, though, because I actually respect the the manners. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yo, always come in professional, good evening, you know? Yeah, and I remember his, his um first press conference when he, when he first came into Arsenal. People were saying that the guy doesn't speak English, but he came prepared with... With full English, no no interpreters or anything like that. So he's a he's a top professional and he knows how to build teams. Um that maybe you know some smaller teams, um, so-called smaller teams. But yeah, I mean, this game, I mean, I saw this firsthand um against <clears throat> Villarreal in the in the final. But when they go back into a back three, fullbacks tucked in, straight line, it's suffocating. And I think Chelsea's felt that firsthand too. It's um that that's a strength of Una Emery, his team, and he can he can set teams up his teams up in a way where it almost suffocates the opponents. So what is it? What, what do you think about Aston Villa now for the future, the near future, and even up to next season? Do you think Una Emery can really make a stamp on the Premier League with Villa? I mean that's a that's a tough question. I mean he's having to because um the big six now plus Newcastle, that's seven teams or let's say four teams if he wants to get into the Champions League spot that they've got to outperform and you know not just on the pitch but off the pitch as well. I mean I know Kamara Bubakar Kamara he was a free signing and he he rejected a lot of the the top teams and he went to Villa, but how many of those players 
how many how often is that going to be right that's 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 a very rare case where um i mean they were able to offer him a lot of money of course but i think on top of that was was a lot of playing time was was guaranteed at villa right and i just don't see that many of those happening in, in the future so i mean they've brought in a decent players i think the left back from from betis alex moreno he looks like a, a decent player although yeah, I rate um, him too. yeah i mean although they had a Decent left back in in Lucadinia, but he had slightly fallen off compared to his peak Everton days. But uh, I mean, it's 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 tough, right? To we're not in the Spanish league where only the top two spend, you know, a lot of money on players. Where even Southampton can play. I mean, I, I pick on Southampton because they're they're on the bottom, but even Southampton can spend thirty million pounds on a on a player, right? So that's uh, it's just tough, and that this is no knock on Una Emery's qualities or his team it's just his com- competition is, is too too much well what he was able to do with the players that he does have at his disposal you know we have the Ali Watkins who's clearly performing we have Douglas Luis these types of players who are just clearly performing but there's a player who I've always said that I rate I've always told you I rate and I have to kind of bring him up here because I thought he had a great game he, I saw he, him some highlights from his matches with Scotland. I think they played Spain. And he played well. He hit the bar. And then this match here against Chelsea, I thought he played very, very well. And then, right as I said it, man comes out with an absolute screamer to make it 2-0. John McGinn, bro. What do we have to say about this guy? Is he, I mean, the, still the same sentiments or what? If he can do this week in, week out, I'll I'll give him credit, but he doesn't. He simply doesn't. He's not every player has has their peaks. Even I mean the comparison I make for McGinn is is McTominay. McTominay has his peaks. McTominay is also has a great shot in his in his in his locker. A decent passing. I, I think McGinn's passing a, a bit better than McTominay, but nothing to, you know, like nothing to too much to separate them apart. But that was his first goal in 50 games. Right, and that's that's what I always say about him, though, is he's not in the side to come and score and get these assists. However, no, he has... He's been, he's been playing further forward. And I would recently. expect more from him. And that, that to be... Okay, let's take out the 38 games from the prior season, maybe. In 12 games, that's his first goal. You know, the 12 games that he's been playing further forward since the new manager come in. Just, just not enough for me. Well, it's it's a look at the results that happen as a team though. Aston Villa are clearly a better team now. And what is we're that down about, to McGinn? Is that down to McGinn playing for the forward? Partially though. It's about his it's about the industrious nature that he has. He's a ball winning player. He's a ball winning midfielder primarily. He's not a technical midfielder. How, what I what I said I rated about him was he has respectable technical qualities for a ball winning midfielder. And he's shown the technical ability he has. Sometimes. But don't forget, sometimes, okay, even if it's sometimes, primarily remember he is in the midfield to be primarily a ball winner. And he tried that. Remember, Emery tried that with at Arsenal with Torreira. He tried to play <laughs> Torreira in the camp. I'm not saying that worked or anything, but I'm just saying that ball winning midfielder is John McGinn. Well, enough of McGinn. 
if we touch on Chelsea again, so unfortunate. I mean, the first goal, Cucurella, what the hell are you doing? Just <laughs> that's just. I mean, you're not the the best at headers, and you have a a, a monster behind you, Koulibaly, who's I don't know if there was miscommunication or he just didn't hear him, but there was no need to. It was two v one, right? Only Watkins and the, the two Chelsea defenders going for that that long ball. Better communication. Okay, I guess that may not be misfortune, but poor communication. Okay, but the second goal, I mean, just comes so against the run of play. And I mean, sometimes, I mean, this is what I mean I, about Arsenal. One of these days, you're going to have these games where, you know, nothing seems to go right, right? And if you're not keeping clean sheets, you're, you're going you're gonna to suffer. And you always say it. <laughs> But it never happens. I mean, I, I I've been piping Arsenal for the title for since since I, I don't know how long, but you know, it's just I, I want I mean Chelsea are so Chelsea are in the bottom half of the league now. So I don't I don't care anymore. I want them to win. Like I, I need them to kind of win so that Grand Potter can stay in charge. You know? I, I just <laughs> You wanna pick up a couple matches? So we can we can fool ourselves into thinking that Pata is the guy. Yeah, because he's clearly to me he's clearly not fit for for a big job yet, and it's unfortunate that our game against Chelsea was supposed to be in two weeks, but it got postponed to. I think it's gonna be the last week of the season, uh, because of our involvement in the FA Cup semi final. But, I mean, let let us get the three points too before you sack. Sack the manager. I mean, I don't think they're gonna sack him, at least this season. But who? I mean, who knows? Football can change any minute now. Yep, that is true. We never really know. But a manager who we do want to ask if he's ready for a big job, who has shown that he is, I would say. But today, it never really looked like he was showing it. And that's your manager, Eric Ten Hag. What happened with him today? against a manager who wants to show the world that he is ready for a big job, Eddie Howe. I mean, just lack of ideas, lack of cojones, if I could use that word, you know, famously used by... I mean, it's a it's a carbon copy of what, what Arsenal did last season, right? They just never showed up to the game. You know, Newcastle were up for it. I mean, they weren't that great. You know, Newcastle created a few chances here and there with, with crosses mainly. I mean, both their goals coming from uh, crosses. But we just never showed up. I mean, I told you this when you when we before we started recording this, but even for the first minute, I knew we weren't going to win. And I guess I knew we weren't going to win when I predicted that I would take a draw. And that is off the basis that I was... I was very nervous about this game that we were we were gonna not show up again because this has been the theme. I mean, we've been getting results, or we have not even been getting the results. That's um three wins in the last nine Premier League games now. So uh, we we certainly can't say we've been getting the results either, but we haven't been performing either, and that's worrying because we had a good period during January, February, but now. This is this is the important part of the season, and we, we can't have this. 
Yep, and now it's actually showing in the standings because now you've allowed Newcastle to leapfrog you into third, at least for the time being. Well, they'll stay there because unless they concede 15 goals in the next game because their goal difference is vastly superior over ours. But I, I still don't think Newcastle make it into the top four. They're, they're still lacking that, that cutting edge. They can get up for it on, on certain days like today. But I just don't think that overall they're, they're, the quality is there for them to to get over that finishing line. And that might not be true because, I mean, we'll see how Tottenham are with, with, the, with the new acting manager, right? But Well, I see you guys. Let us know in the comments who you think is going to end up in the top four. That's all we have time for today. Guys, thanks for tuning in as always. We hope you enjoyed your time with us. Remember to subscribe, to leave comments, and share with your friends. Follow us on social media at FOTBPod. Don't forget to leave a review, rating, and most importantly, don't forget to turn on those notifications. Join us again next time as we discuss the highly anticipated upcoming Premier League action. Thanks again as always. See you then.